Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Brian McComick, the founder and CEO of Hummingbird Humanity, a diversity and inclusion consultancy. He is also the author of the upcoming book, Humanity in the Workplace, a blueprint for building an inclusive and equitable company culture. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm great, Ari. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my privilege. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Tell us about your background and the genesis of Hummingbird Humanity. In the spirit of the way that we do introductions at Hummingbird Humanity, I'll share a bit about who I am personally and a bit about who I am professionally because they both play into the work that I do today. So I've spent my career predominantly working in human resources and have had a chance to work at some phenomenal organizations, including the Walt Disney Company and L'Oreal and Tapestry, which is the home of coach Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman. And during that career journey, I focused on organizational change and employee experience and company culture and really learned a lot about how do we create environments where humans thrive. Simultaneously, I was, I'm also a human who works in those environments and discovered over the course of my life that I'm a gay man and that I'm a person with a disability. I navigate life with anxiety and depression. I've explored the realities of does the workplace include people like me or not? And how does that look, you know, work for me? And how does it work for others? And so I decided to step out of those corporate four walls and create a firm that could champion what I like to call human-centered workplace cultures. DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a key part of that. But our approach is really about how do we create those, uh, those environments where humans can really be the best, best versions of their, themselves and really contribute in meaningful and impactful ways to the organizations where they work. And so that was really the short synopsis of the long journey to launching Hummingbird Humanity. How can law firms and legal organizations develop human-centered cultures? I'll start with the sort of the landscape broader than a specific industry, which is you know, something that I have discovered over the course of my journey as an in-house corporate professional, as well as certainly now as a consultant. You know, I've worked with different organizations of different sizes in different industries. That industry or those organizations, they started from different places. So I've seen a variety of different ways that organizations come to life and what they look like today. The reality is that the systems of oppression, which are impact all of us and how we lead and how we manage, we have biases. That's true across the board. I haven't found an industry or organization that was immune to those impacts. So I think part of the, the first step is if there's anyone who thinks like the legal profession, because of the, like, for example, the responsibility to protect the rights of humans in workplaces, that you might be immune to some of the impacts of those systems of oppression, I would say throw out that, that perspective because the reality is those impacts are real and we all have biases and that you know, we need to be able to tackle those systems of oppression to be able to create places where humans thrive. When I think about the legal profession in particular, what I would, and I'll, I'll acknowledge I've not worked in a law firm, but I've certainly worked with some phenomenal attorneys who I've had a chance to learn from and friends who have worked in those law firms. And the one thing that really sparks for me is the, the intensity that's my perception outside of the legal profession. And I wonder about the impacts of that intensity on 
the ability for the legal profession to include individuals from marginalized and underrepresented backgrounds, you know, working parents or, or individuals who don't have access to the educational opportunities that it takes to be a successful attorney. I wonder how does the profession and the, that industry think about creating environments that are welcoming and inclusive and allow for the people from those diverse backgrounds to, to thrive in, in, that, in that world. And so those, I think those are some of the questions that come to mind for me first of, of creating that environment that welcomes everyone. What inspired you to write Humanity in the Workplace? So when I was in college, which is a long time ago in a land far, far away, I read a book called The Customer Comes Second, which is written by Hal Rosenbluth. And um, it really resonated for me. The message of, of that book was this series of, of ways of thinking and specific tactics that an organization can take and leaders can take to engage the people that work at their company in meaningful and powerful ways. And the proposition that Hal offers in the book is if you do those things that are right by your employees, that create that environment for your employees where they thrive, they're going to do right by your company and by your customers. And ultimately, your, your organization will be successful. And so that's really stuck with me over the course of my life. And, and as I shared earlier in our conversation, I've been on this exploration of the work that I get to do in company culture and, and organizational change and employee experience and DEI. And I've also been a human that's lived in that environment. So connecting that sort of initial seed from reading that book to the 20 plus years of experience I have. I, I said, I want to write a book that borrows from all of those experiences that I've had personally and professionally and offers some alternate suggestions for how we can create workplaces where humans thrive. And what does that look like? And how do we understand the systems of oppression that exist? And because I truly believe if we don't understand the, the tenets of racism, of sexism, of misogyny, of ableism, homophobia and transphobia, if we don't understand the constructs of those systems, we can't tackle them and tear them down and do better. And we also need to think about allowing just humans to be humans in different ways. So humans make mistakes, humans have emotions. And one of the things I believe is nobody ever told me this explicitly, but when I started my career in corporate America, I knew that I was supposed to leave my emotions at the door. And I'm not saying that we should have this you know, workplace where everyone should just be led by emotion, but to pretend that we don't have emotions as humans is missing something that, that I think is detrimental to the humans and to their ability to be successful. So that collection of different perspectives and experiences, I said, I'd like to frame these different ideas and concepts and perspectives I have into a message that might ignite conversation and dialogue that would benefit organizations and hu the humans that work there. And so that's what led to the Humanity in the Workplace book. And you know, one thing that I hope you hear is I don't profess or believe that I have all the answers. I have some ideas. I have some perspectives. I have some beliefs. But part of the book is also just really hope, is offering some perspectives that will springboard dialogue and discussion that might lead to some change that would be, would be helpful for, for everyone. Your book sets out to create a blueprint for building an inclusive and equitable company. What are some best practices for doing so? Well, one of the chapters uh, focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we use at Hummingbird Humanity, we use a framework called that we call the four lenses of representation. 
There's a thought leadership paper that we have um, on our website that can be readily accessed and out there for people to borrow from. So if you're curious to learn more, and as I share this framework, please check it out. The four lenses of representation are way for an organization to think about DEI, not from the perspective of it's something else that we need to do, which is how it plays out, I think, way too often is it's this other activity, this other thing that we need to do. And really DEI, the the commitments of diversity, equity, and inclusion to an organization, they really need to be infused in the DNA of the organization and every aspect of that ecosystem. So they're part of rather than in addition to. And the four lenses take that to a perspective of how you think about acknowledging and honoring the humans that work at your organization in tangible ways when you think about the people that work at your organization, the culture of your organization, and what it feels like to work there, the customers that you serve, and the communities that where your employees live and play. And so those four lenses really help to help an organization think through ways to honor the experiences of humans and really bring those to life. So that's one way I would offer is taking that that time to look at those four lenses and your organization, think about whether you can see humans represented in every aspect of your organization. And if I was going to offer something that's more of an individual perspective versus a organizational strategic lens, one of the things I would suggest is step out of your own box. One of the activities that some of our participants in workshops will go through is an activity where they think about who are their advisors in their immediate circle and whether those advisors, their closest confidants and colleagues, whether they have lived experiences that are similar to or different than their own. And when I first did that exercise, everyone on my list was a cisgender gay white guy, which is what I am. And I realized I need to expand my circle to make sure I'm getting other perspectives in the room. So I really encourage that first, you know, that self-reflection of who are the people that, I, that advise me and, and are they offering different perspectives and insights? And then finding ways to seek out other experiences and perspectives from your own. And one of the ways that I like to suggest doing that is also, you know, you can expand your circle, but you can also listen to podcasts like yours, Ari, and find a podcaster who shares stories and messages about parts of someone, about their lived experience that are different than your own. What are the challenges associated with achieving workplace diversity? Workplace diversity is a multifaceted, workplace diversity is a multifaceted, challenging landscape to navigate that is also always changing. When I think about the, the unique beauty that we each are as humans and the fact that we all bring our own lived experiences and professional experiences to the workplace and that our lives are ongoing and we grow and evolve and change, it's a bit of a moving target. So I think that's one of those, those challenges that exists with workplace diversity is never the commitment to creating an inclusive culture is never done. There's always another question, always another rock to pick up or stone to turn to explore. What else can can I do as a person, as a leader? What else can the organization do? So I think that's one of the challenges is it can be at times overwhelming. And just like I would with thinking about any project that feels larger than life to achieve, I encourage myself and I encourage others is to start with what's the first step? What's the step or the what's the step I can take today? Or to in those moments where it feels like maybe I haven't done enough or I wish I could do more is to remember 
did I accomplish something today or did I make an impact on another human today? So you can sometimes just narrow it down to, to something that, is, that feels tangible and realistic and possible. Another way to think about it is that I like to think about is I'm not alone on this journey. There are lots of others who are also on this journey with me to create workplaces that are inclusive. So realize that you're not alone in that journey. That's both one of the big challenges as well as one of the couple antidote to solving that. The other big challenge to workplace diversity that comes to mind for me right now, and I'm certainly sure there are others that will pop up after our conversation, but is how does an organization make choices for which communities to focus on in their work? And so that can feel like when you start to focus on supporting, let's say, women in the legal profession and their potential, their journeys and their career their career aspirations. What does that look like to create this, the opportunity for women in the profession in different ways than before? You might ask, okay, well, what happens if you know, it's individuals who are in the disabled community or who are members of the queer community and are we not going to focus on them as well? And what I say is there's two ways to think about that. One is we have to start somewhere. And once you start working, taking steps to support a community, there is a halo effect and a ripple effect that benefits other communities. Of, of individuals from marginalized and underrepresented backgrounds. And the other, the second way I like to think about it is just because you start with one community doesn't mean you can't at some point then focus on other communities that you'd like to elevate and amplify. So it's important to remember that it is a journey and it, this is not work that happens overnight. It happens over time. How do you see the effort to achieve diversity, equity, and inclusion evolving? The biggest change that I have seen in the last couple of years, which by the way, is true for me as well. And I'll start with my story and then just sort of back it up and then sort of zoom back out to the, the bigger picture. I've been working in HR for 20 plus years, which has always included some element of DEI work, although we didn't call it that when I started at HR years ago. And I formally started to move into DEI work about eight years ago when I was at the, the Walt Disney Company. And I committed to learning and understanding how to do DEI and what are the strategies and what are the best practices and what are the things I need to learn and understand. And 18 months ago and summer of 2020, I, like so many others, started to ask questions around how does DEI really make an impact that is benefiting other humans? And so I asked those questions in a different way. And I started to develop an understanding of, as I've mentioned a couple of times in our conversation, those systems of oppression and the constructs of those systems and the origins of those systems. I started to, to immerse in the understanding of those systems in a different way 18 months ago. And that has really shifted how I do the work that I do and how I am able to make an impact and drive change, I hope. And what I've seen is the organizational landscape and organizations certainly across the United States and to some, some degree around the world have also started to engage in that exploration and that conversation to understand that you know, we can do better to support marginalized and underrepresented groups. And what is it that we need to do better? What is to, to develop that understanding and awareness of some of the specific constructs that need to be either torn down or to be built or some, some combination therein. So I just, I've really seen that evolution in the last 18 months or so really start to impact how organizations lean into creating workplaces where humans thrive. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Brian McComick, the founder and CEO of Hummingbird Humanity, 
a diversity and inclusion consultancy. Brian, thanks so very much. And I'm wishing you the very best of luck with the publication of your new book, Humanity in the Workplace, A Blueprint for Building an Inclusive and Equitable Company Culture. Thanks so much, Ari. It was a pleasure to be here. I'm glad we could share this great conversation today. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.